welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue. Still reeling from the trailer, it is Pottercast number 65. 6-5. Six, 6-5, five. Six, five. welcome. I'm Melissa, I'm here with John. Howdy, howdy. And we've got a... Fantabulous show for you this Fantabulous. week. Fantabulous. Thanksgiving week. Our Thanksgiving week. We're very thankful. Well, before we do anything, we have to hear from our lovely friends at Borders. I'm very thankful for our friends at Borders. Today's Pottercast is brought to you by Borders. Get a magical start to your holiday shopping by visiting Borders for all sorts of bewitching books, spellbinding music, and enchanting movies. Pottercast listeners can get 30% off any item at Borders by clicking on the coupon at the top of Pottercast.com. Visit Borderstores.com to locate the Borders nearest you. There are quite a few Borders nearest to me. Are there? They are up here in Ohio where I'm uh, vacationing or Thanksgiving. I never quite know where you are, John. I'm in Ohio, and I've got myself a wonderful little head cold because they went from the sweltering temperatures of 60 degrees to the chilly mid-40s. So, Poor baby. Had a little runny nose tonight, but it's all good. It's gone now. You're just, you just can't stay well. I cannot stay well. It's, it's very sad pandas for all the whole right. gang. All right, well, that should satisfy this week's off-topic chatter because that we is know it. how That's all you're gonna have. it is if we have That's two it. minutes of off-topic chatter. Nope, we went cocked in on one for you there. <laughs> it's horrible. Anyway, this week we have for you the return of Canning Conundrums. Canning Conundrums. What's it about this week, John? This week is all about <laughs> you stupid lady because you, <laughs> you could have told me. I, I knew you weren't going to know. I knew it. I wanted to get you back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This week's Canon Conundrums is all about snakes. Snakes. Nagini. is Whether Nagini is a horcrux, is that right? Yeah, Nagini being a horcrux is certainly up for what we discussed, and um, lots of other things regarding Nagini. But Canon Conundrums is not the big news this week. The big news this week is that Ba-ba-boom. we have for you an extendable ears with the people over at Electronic Arts. Yes. The wonderful people over at Electronic Arts who had our our video game liaison Donna Hosey who runs who runs um who runs our gallery elves. She kind of organizes the all the, the, the massive galleries stuff that goes on in the huge what is it like seventy thousand images now or something near bigger there? than any gallery online by a, a third. Is it? Darn right. Oh wow! I don't even know these things. Thanks, John. Um, no. Yeah, no, but she went over to the EA Studios. It is the only interview like this you're going to find with with them actually um, under the same roof. Under the same roof, and it was it, she knows them already because she's interviewed them before. She's been our liaison since the beginning. She's been dealing with all the fans' questions. She's been dealing in the fans' council. There is nobody better to do this interview than Donna, and she has done a fantastic job. So thank you to her and thank you to the people at EA for actually cutting this together for us. They yes, very they nice. presented us with a beautiful little MP3 file. It was they fantastic. Some work. Uh, yeah, it's really great. I'm so I'm so so proud. It's so good that it, we're going to have it in two installments. Yes. Half this week, half the next. 
And we, we apologize in advance, of course, for not waiting to give this to you until the transcript was done. I know, but we're terrible. We know there are some of you who actually enjoy listening to things before we have the opportunity to read them, but that, we do, we do our best. It makes we me do laugh. What we can. Because if yeah. we didn't have this audio format, not even maybe a quarter of the interviews we do would be available. We wouldn't possibly so, have time to do it that when, way. When people complain that we don't have a transcript available immediately, I just laugh. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, other quick announcements. Podcast Alley, make sure to go over and vote for us, but you guys have been voting for us. You guys have been incredible. doing awesome. Wow. But yeah, if you have it, join join the revolution. Join the... Uh, <laughs> don't be left out. It's the new fad. Yeah, you don't want to be left out of this one, guys. This is, this is the hottest thing since... Um, I don't... Shoes. <laughs> the hottest thing since John's meatballs. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, we have our t-shirts are on sale until the end of the year. We have a little announcement from our little t-shirt master, Sam. He yeah. said to let you know that you don't need to use PayPal to, to get the t-shirts. Awesome. Apparently there are a lot, of, a lot of questions about that. You don't need to use PayPal. Go to the t-shirts link from podcast.com. There's a link that says t-shirt gear. Yes. Or podcast gear or podcast whatever. Also, a little, just a little hmm? more than a month left on those guys. Right. Also, speaking of elves, speaking of transcripts, if you are interested in being a transcript elf, email us at staff at podcast.com with transcript elf in the subject line. And once again, another reminder that we will be live at Phoenix Rising, the Harry Potter convention in New Orleans, May 17th to the 20th. Go to the phoenixrises.org to register. Anybody awesome. who registers is free to come to the podcast. So go for Score. that now. Hi everyone, here are the latest in Harry Potter news headlines for you. Film news completely rules the news this week as the barrage of new images, photos, and reports from the upcoming Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix continues. Many new photos from the set of Phoenix surfaced over at MTV last week, bringing our first look at the magical fountain in the Ministry of Magic, a fabulous cover of the Daily Prophet newspaper with a headline trumpeting, Dumbledore, daft or dangerous, very cool. And we also saw a photo even of the writing on the back of Harry's hand from his detention with Umbridge. Ouch. Along with these photos, we have many new video clips from the entertainment media reports from the set of the fifth Harry Potter movie, which include new interviews with actor Dan Radcliffe, filming at King's Cross Station, and also on the set of the Ministry of Magic, all of which are available for viewing and download in our video galleries. Our own Melissa and John, along with Andrew from MuggleNet, were lucky enough to go to the set of The Order of the Phoenix, and they have released their teaser report via the Leaky Mug podcast, which you can find on iTunes or the Leaky Mug website. Finally, Steve Vanderark also went to the set, and he has posted a snippet of his visit, including a bit about that tapestry at Grimald Place, which JKR herself designed. Very cool. And you can read this at our flu partner, the Harry Potter Lexicon. Most striking, however, in all this new information was the preview of The Order of the Phoenix, which came from HBO On Demand, that brought some truly fantastic new footage. The new images included many movie spoilers, including our first look at the archway in the veil room and a quick glimpse of Sirius and Bellatrix fighting. We also saw our first look at Lucius Malfoy as he is holding the prophecy glow, as well as first looks at sketches of Grop, the Thestrals, even our first clip of Umbridge talking him him as well as Luna, and much more. Please note that we do caution you, as there are a large amount of spoilers contained in this otherwise truly exciting preview, which we do have available for download in our video galleries. You can always find the most extensive collection on the net of screen caps, photos, and Harry Potter-related videos, all at leakynews.com. And one other film 
Related bit of news now, EA, the makers of Harry Potter video games, officially announced that they are at work on the Order of the Phoenix video game, which will be released next summer on all platforms. In addition to this announcement, we also got some great new screenshots of how realistic the trio, Cho, and even Snape will look in this new game. Later in this broadcast, we will have much more on this very exciting game, so stay tuned. Finally, actor Dan Ratcliffe sent out his Christmas message to fans, kicking off the charity drive held by danratcliffe.com and danratcliffe.co.uk for Demelza House, a children's hospice in the UK that Dan supports. In this new message, Dan mentioned how he is looking forward to next year's plays Equus and his new film My Boy Jack. He also mentions Phoenix, of course, noting that, quote, David Yates was an inspired director who I would walk on hot coals to work with again, end quote. Very cool. Well, for all the latest in Harry Potter news, you can always find it at leakynews.com, which is updated daily. And now back to the show. Okay, well, John, what is Sue's up? not with us, as we've noticed. There's, there's one without us today. Sue is Sue is not with us. No, you know, it's it's impressive enough we were able to come together on Thanksgiving week, the two of us. But yeah, yeah. But um, well, what do we have in the news this week? Let's see. Dan Radcliffe, I want to talk about that for a sec. Okay. Dan Radcliffe sent out a newsletter in which he said, he said, he sends out one now and then to his fans and his, his two, his two big fan sites, danradcliffe.com and danradcliffe.co.uk. Yeah. I usually proofread them for him. He sent them to me first. I know. Well, he sent out his regular newsletter with a new picture. And what's it of? Him. He sends pictures of himself. John, I should I should do that. That's what his fans want. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe my fans want that. Silence. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> As you see, they have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 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 like that one guy who, for Christmas, will send will give somebody a picture of themselves in a nice picture frame. Just be like, here I am. This is me. Oh god. You know those guys. I know a guy like that. Okay, anyway, here is a very interesting line. Dan Radcliffe says, David Yates was an inspired director who I would walk on hot coals to work with again. Mm. That is some pretty intense language, Dan. Which is ironic because we know that Dan will be walking on coals to find one of the horcruxes in the seventh chapter, seventh uh, oh, did Joe installment. Tell you did she Joe did tell, tell me that. Yeah, Insert she, orange she said, text here so that we can show you're kidding. Insert <laughs> orange text. <laughs> yes. We had the best this comment was, ever, ever on the Leaky Man page. that somebody said that, that they, they couldn't tell when John was joking or not. So in the transcripts, we should have a blue for when John's not joking and orange for when John yeah, is joking. A little cheat sheet of, short, of sorts here. Cheat sheet. We'll give the elves a heart attack or Alex for having to program colors into the transcripting section of podcast.com. You know, across the board, though, across the board, we're hearing what a fabulous actor's director David Yates is. No, yeah. Absolutely. Everybody seems to be having great things to say about him, which is very encouraging because not many people know about this guy. No, he came out of nowhere. about his work. Yeah. I mean, Emma Watson said that he he showed her how to find truth. Which uh, I think a lot of directors would argue is pretty much the core of acting. Oh, yeah. Know? So, yeah, it's, it's encouraging. Oh, really encouraging. Uh, just makes me even more excited. I never thought I'd be this excited for the fifth film. Really? I really thought this was going to be the one I would dread. Not, you know, it wasn't particularly one of my favorite books 
Well, some parts of it actually, I have some of my favorite chapters of the whole series are in that book, like um, when Dumbledore uh, flees his office oh. and he doesn't really flee. I mean, he takes everybody out and then just kind of leaves. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's one of the coolest chapters. And then you know, his battle with with Voldemort yeah. is probably the most high action chapter we may ever get in this whole series. I don't know. I think the last uh, the the big climax of book seven. Should I don't, be you least. know, I still have a little part of my mind that says we're not going to have a huge climax like that, at least not with Harry. Perhaps the other people might fight a big battle, but I think Harry's battle is going to be more intimate than something huge like the Voldemort-Dumbledore battle. Well, well they, it won't be that, that show of skill, that show of effortless skill. Yeah. You know, with Harry it'll be, it might be big, there might be a big war going on. I still think it's going to be a Hogwarts. I think it could be at Hogwarts and there could be fighting this big battle without Voldemort and Harry and Harry is just going to have a battle of the minds with this guy and that'll be the end of it. But All right, well, yeah, at least we'll probably see some action with everybody else. I'm sure there's got to be. All right, well, we are totally... We're, we're Woo, off topic. Way to fly but off the handle Speaking of Order of the Phoenix, another big bit, bit of news. If you haven't, go over to LeakyMug.com or update your iTunes feed for the Leaky Mug. Um, yep. we, me and John and Andrew just put out the first... Or, well... The only our little set preview of the yes. our Order of the Phoenix set report, which is going to be out in many many parts once we can do it, probably the week or so before the film comes out or the weeks following the film's release. Mm-hmm. And gosh, you know it's we we it's it's a concern always to um to write about something or talk about something so long since you had experienced it and we did record some things while we were there from certain spots and we recorded some things like the day a couple of days after we finished it somewhere else but it's amazing how quick it all comes back to you when you talk about it even as you know late as we did for this recording here so something an experience like that just stays with you and it's it's memories that are just you know just picture perfect and, and, and clarity in, in your mind you can see this stuff again so easily so we'll have a lot more to talk about with all that stuff speaking of stuff that we may or may not have seen in the trailer we were talking last week about a ship that the order of the phoenix flies by yeah we should thank all our many many readers who wrote in to let us know listeners who wrote in to let us know that that is actually the hms belfast Oh. Thank you, people. And yes, we know it's the Tower Bridge and not the London Bridge, but you can't blame us because everybody calls the London Bridge. It's just, it's so, it's so bad. That is the biggest, yeah. probably one of the biggest misconceptions. The bridge that the you London see that, that is commonly thought of as a London Bridge is not the London Bridge. It's the Tower Bridge. The London Bridge is actually in America. I think it's in Arizona. I blame or, or something. I blame Fergie for that one and her god awfully annoying song. Her song. Ugh. That London, London bridges things where she's dancing with the 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 guys with the big furry black hats on in the video, and she's she's doing the thing with her arm. With you've seen that, haven't you? I have not. Oh God, they play that song all the time. Okay. Like, how come every time you come round my London, London bridge is coming down or something? God, you never heard that? No, I never have. Oh I'm man, sorry. I. I run out of the room with my hands over my head. <laughs> okay. On that note, speaking of running out of the room with our hands over our <laughs> yes. head, I think it's time to go. How about we go right over to Canon Conundrums, and then after that, a big electronic arts interview. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Sweet. Okay. Later, folks. Talk to you soon. 
it's time for Canon Conundrums featuring special guest Steve Vanderark from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? And we're back with Canon Conundrums. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> the whole darn gang, except Melissa, had to go check on the cat. So we'll, we'll continue on. <laughs> And her steed or stead. <laughs> steed. Yeah. Is, it, steed. is it steed? Is it steed? Trusty steed. steed. Trusty steed. Hi, steed. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, it's funny because he actually is assigned this segment oh, this week. There, there you go. go. <laughs> I'll be we love you. So, um, what are we going to be talking about for steed to edit this week? Oh, we're talking about snake blur. Snake blur. Snake blur. <laughs> Snape or snake? snake. snake. No. <laughs> I'm tired. Sounds, okay. sounds eerily uh, similar there, Mr. Steve. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, yeah. There's plenty of snake blur out there. There is. There I don't is. know there how is much funny. of that we can we talk about. We definitely don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, there's a whole, there's whole podcast no! out there. Right? Yeah. Just, just about snake blur. <laughs> yeah, Some yeah, very interesting stories I hear. Wow. Oh gosh. They rock. Hi, Snapecast people. We love you. Don't ignore them. We do love the Snapecast, but this is the Snakecast. Let's hear a little bit about it from from Steve-O. Everything in the books about snakes. I want everything in the lexicon about snakes. First, before we even do that, though, we should talk about why we're even talking Mm -hmm. about snake lore out of nowhere. That's probably a good idea. Tell us. Oh, because our friends over at Osseo Quote, Miss yes, Lisa, Miss Lisa, and and she found some fantastic old video of an old interview with Joe and Stephen Fry. I think it was recorded. It looked like it was recorded on the Hogwarts Express. I don't know, but mm. they were talking. It was very old, and, and the video Ooh. quality is not that good. But you can hear the audio very good. Yeah. And they were talking about Joe was speaking about the importance of snake lore in Book Seven. Yeah. Even way back then, many, many years ago, that Joe was talking about this. And, and so when exactly was this interview? I mean, what, at which point in the books was she saying this? Oh, this was, this was way before. I think this was... Is this before, before book three? 2002, I think, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this, is, this was quite oh, an old oh, well, interview. Well, if it's 2002, then it's between... Between books between four and five. Five, right. Okay. She had not uh, done that. It's just fantastic video. We have it up for the gallery, so you shall be, okay. be sure and check that the out. Video but, gallery uh-huh. is video.leakycauldron.org. I, I, I thought it was really interesting given that time frame, way, even way back then, that Joe was speaking yeah. about mm-hmm. <clears throat> About what? Horcruxes? I mean, is she well, talking about Nagini the Horcrux? And she yes. didn't know anything about Horcrux oh, yes. 2000. Oh, you think she's making this up as she goes along, John? <laughs> she, she was at that very moment that. toying between Horcrux and Horcree. <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, Googling no, them both. Guru, no, don't say that. <laughs> she, was at a, she was at some kind of party and someone came up to her and said, what if Voldemort like <laughs> hit his soul in some random object? Like, like a snake. I've been looking for an she, idea. Voldemort's <laughs> exactly. not the brightest, you know, brightest bulb in the in the Christmas tree light string there. So yeah, yeah. yeah that theory kind of bugs me. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you put it in a living creature? Yeah, right. You know, because cause they have like know, a the next morning the living creature has fled the coop, and there you fall. Oh, there <laughs> went my horcrux crux. Whatever. Oh, he, oh. He's he's a sleep slitherer. You know, oh, he just no. kind of runs away all <laughs> Bird of prey oh, comes my. flying by. See, yeah, oh, how long, long, how long, see, I how think long do snakes do even yeah. live? You know, yeah. How long do snakes? Seven hundred. They years. do not. That's just the, the magical well, ones do. In, but he's not magical, is he? Ask anybody. Ask anybody. <laughs> <laughs> ask. 
<laughs> she, it's a basilisk. Of course, it's a magical yeah, creature. Okay then. All right. Well, is it? Do we know if Nagini's a basilisk? No, I don't think he's a basilisk. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have all these That'd people cr- turning to stone all around. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Cool. It'd be like Narnia over there. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They all freeze. We have a whole courtyard. There's Voldemort. There's Voldemort, frozen solid, going, oh, take it. Why did I choose a basilisk? Voldemort has special sunglasses. Yeah. There you go. There you go. special shades. Yeah, special anti-basilisk shades. No, Nagini. Nagini, Nagini is not. Nagini is. <laughs> no. I think. I think we're, we're book seven. I think my theory on the snake lore. Snake. I can't even say it. Yeah. What the does snake, the word lore mean? Lore. The, my my theory is that like Nagini and, and and the boa constrictor from book one are going to hit it off. That's what I think. It's going to be. It's, it's going to be you know and another shipping book. Just the, like book and they live snakily ever while after. Right? Voldemort is possessing Nagini, and so he feels love, and that's what kills him. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh you're gonna turn her tail on him, boys. Oh, so to speak, boys. What do you think? What do you think? Joe wanted us to think about as this opposed next. to okay, uh, as opposed to their yeah. mating ritual. Okay, well, <laughs> okay. I think Previous it has characters. to do. I think part of it has to do with Harry's ability to speak parcel tongue, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. whether or not yeah. you can actually control Nagini. Or he can like talk to him, say, "Hey, help me out here," or oh, get a little so, secret clue, so he can, or so something. He can, so he can use Nagini as as a, a either a spy or if he is a Horcrux carrying <clears throat> snake, yeah, he can maybe you know tell him, oh. "Why don't you just you know give me your Horcrux or something? <laughs> give me your uh, spit it out. No, he is right in my hand. Snape, give me give, you know that piece of soul. I need yeah. that. You know you're not so, using Snape. It. Wears around his neck. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like think a, uh, a little chain. There may, you know, you may be onto something there, Sue. I don't know that he can tell. You know, if he tries to tell Nagini to do something, mm-hmm. is Nagini going to obey him? I don't, you know, maybe. Of course not. Well, I've heard some interesting ideas, like uh, just reading up on one of the threads on the lounge uh, before this, and somebody was talking about how when uh, when Harry killed the basilisk, he was, you know, he got the blood all over him, and that was could be seen sort of as like a some kind of ritual where you know, he's kind of infused or something with, you know, this power of like the king of serpents and, you know, Nagini maybe can sense that and, you know, there's something that would, you know, maybe huh. give him a feeling like, oh, this is, you know, a powerful person who, someone who defeated, you know, sure. the mighty basilisk and... Or, or the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. that, oh my God! You the jerk. guy killed the basilisk. <laughs> yeah. He's our mortal enemy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, well and what, what's Nagini's allegiance to to Voldemort anyway? Yeah, know? that's a, a really good question. Why is he? Well, I mean, are, are, we, are we assuming that Nagini is is more intelligent than your average snake? Which I don't think is you know saying much. Mm. All right. <laughs> this is true. Well, yeah, we don't know, but I think I think it has to do with more that that Nagini senses that. Uh, Voldemort's, you know, he's the heir of Slytherin. I think that mm-hmm. personally has my my suspicion. It's hard to say, like, what would motivate a snake, even if, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. if a snake does have a certain <laughs> intelligence. Yeah. But how many humans has Nagini probably ever spoken to in her yeah. life before? And let alone the magical people. I, I would probably, if I was a snake, you know, you don't have that exciting of a life. <laughs> if you had a human come talk to you that could do magical things, yeah, yeah. I'd probably follow the human. I wonder if he can too. imperious the snake too. I don't even know. Yeah, he inhabits it in, in oh yeah in yeah yeah in yeah. book five. 
That's kind of like the ultra imperial right. to get inside someone's That's body. It's like being John Nagini. That'd be nuts. John exclamation point Nagini? Yeah. Or John... Well, you I know, don't even know. <laughs> moving away from this, but that that image just kind of like flips me out a little bit too much, John. But um, you yeah. know, we're talking about the basilisk before. I just think too that that has to do with with that chamber seekers. I just think that there's something more. Yeah, to it. I hope they go back down. I don't know if we'll go back down I, there, or I don't know. I just hope we hear more. I think the parcel tongue stuff probably one of the cooler things. That doesn't really get explored too much, other than the book it was introduced. Yeah, well, I don't know. It was pretty prominent <laughs> was, in book six, right? You know, the whole conversation with the with Morphin and, and right. with the Gaunt family. Well, you know. I don't. I've only read the book once, <laughs> and it was in about four hours. So I don't. I'm, Leave me alone. Okay. No, you should really think about bit, reading it again no, then, John. Go for it, John. <laughs> but that, but like, that does explain a few like things. It's not I'm on a show that requires me to know this thing. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the mystique. No. Um, <laughs> I think that it would be awesome if like the parcel tongue stuff could be used for like special spells that only Ooh, yeah. parcel tongues oh, yeah. can do because incantations. Right. Like spells that Salazar may have made up back in his day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that Harry is going to learn all these cool spells that Dumbledore was meaning to teach him in book six and didn't get around to. <laughs> and um, he'll find he all those of spell time. books in Dumbledore's office. Stupid yeah. Dumbledore. See, I'm, oh, I'm hey, just, don't <laughs> I'm just so... I think. I'm so fascinated by the four founders. That is my, my thing. And, and yeah. I think that, that Slytherin, you could be onto something there, John, though, about about Slytherin and those snakes. And maybe it has to do with them going back into the chamber. Or, I've, I, you know, one thing that fascinates me is that what happened to Slytherin after he left the four, the other three? Yeah, that's and true. I, you know, and what we're talking about, um, Durmstrang, like Victor Crumb may pop back up. And this is just all tangently related, but mm-hmm. follow me. But I was just thinking, my one of my favorite theories is that, that Slytherin went off and founded Durmstrang. Hmm. And that there's snakes hmm. there. And all that. Because she's like, you remember, maybe it was just, you know, maybe I'm getting the stupid movie in but do you remember how like when the Durmstrang students came in and they stat they put down their thing and the thing was a snake that came around and everywhere you went there were snakes oh you know i thought it was a dragon was it was it a dragon okay well then i mean the, i mean the kid that blows you thinking of lucius is cane again was i was i on that <laughs> well, i'm always thinking about that but we'll move uh, right along there but i don't know i'm just it, thinking that somehow there's got to be some reason that harry has this power still hmm. that's gonna be able to help him i think book seven i don't know I'm just. Mm. I could see them, you know, maybe Harry and Voldemort having, you know, a parcel tongue conversation for some reason. Ooh, that'd you be know, really kind of fun. like an ultimate confrontation that no one else that would is be cool, Jason. could be privy to. Oh, that'd be really fun. But, I, mean, I think that, I mean, the way Harry's going to kill Voldemort is going to be through the, the mind connection anyway. He's not even going to have to use any spells yeah. on the guy. He's just going to just sit here and think about that night before with Jenny and Voldemort's post. <laughs> so maybe John. maybe he could do it with parcel tongue. Maybe he could talk to him with a parcel tongue clear as uh-huh. That'd be kind of neat. I don't know. I like that theory, Jason. Or, you know, I'm yeah. John. I don't know. You've ever said that about, about them having speaking parcel tongue. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what... That'd be a really cool scene. Yeah, I think it, it would be very neat, like, in a book or in the movie. Um, 
Yeah. But, you know, I don't know what the point of it would necessarily be, but it just sort of appeals to me. Like, you know, it's <laughs> like these cool. are the two guys who can do it, you know, and they're going to face off in their sort of snaky way. And it's like the most probably, it's just like the sloppiest language. <laughs> yes. Spitting everywhere. <laughs> you imagine? That'd be so fun. Yeah. I don't know, but maybe, maybe it has to do with the past, though, you know, about mm-hmm. finding those horcruxes, you know, that his ability to speak parcel tongue would would lead him to where he's hidden the other horcrux yeah i mean i think it's the snakes obviously have so much to do with with slytherin and with voldemort and you know i don't maybe that maybe it's not so much i mean i think there are all these practical things that probably will play in like nagini has a part to play almost surely you know maybe the chamber again but there's also just a lot of symbolism about you know snakes and and legends that you know she might borrow from because she always you know, does that kind of thing. You know, snakes can mean so many different things. It can, you know, mean like sort of a shedding of a, a, you know, your former life and some kind of, you know, big change. It can, you know, be obviously very deadly if they bite you, but they also, you know, kind of have like a healing symbolism in certain cultures and certain traditions that, you know, so there's a lot, a lot of different directions that she could take that. And I don't know, you know, I, I, I tend to think, you know, this goes back to the idea of the the houses uniting, and I tend to think that there's this good side of Slytherin that like has just mm-hmm. been buried for so long, right? And that like it something's got to, you know, maybe there will be like some good snake qualities or something that have to be discovered somehow. That, well, ma- well the, maybe I don't. What is that? Oh, go ahead, John. Uh, this is a weird question. What's that? The symbol. I think they use it for like medicines or things medical right. where the snake is wrapped around the yeah, staff yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. What is that about? Why, why? Anybody know the story behind that? I don't that? know if it's related to the Moses story where he raises up the snake in the desert and the people who were bitten, like if they look at the snake on the staff or something. That's right. That's right. Healed. Oh. Well, look at you. <laughs> Too smart for me. Well, but you know, and this isn't it. Well, that's, speaking of healing though, Wait, Voldemort uses Nagini right the milk, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is actually venom. Well, it's not, which, it's although not <laughs> I actually thought it's it was milk at first. <laughs> no. Oh, that's why we have Hershey syrup. Okay. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I was the same way as it's you. Hard part I was like, finding them little udders. I was like, what? how does he milk a snake? <laughs> okay, I give up. Forgive me for being uh, stupid there. Okay, it's late. Um, but okay, so the same way you milk a cat. <sighs> oh, These are the things I learned from my just, reading groups. See, I give up. I give up. I was stupid. Okay, but my question is though, do you think that Nagini can like there'll be a potion or something from this venom that that will be of use? somehow along the way to defeat hmm. Voldemort. What if they capture Nagini and like force it to like tell it secrets? Yeah. If they find a way like Harry's gonna just sit there and like talk to it and be like tell me what you know about the Horcruxes and Nagini will maybe tell him Say, the I'm a snake. I can't yeah. understand that kind of thing. I'm an animal. <laughs> <laughs> I do not but have you have like higher level cognizant power because I'm a snake. <laughs> it could. It's a, you know, could basically be a magic snake. Come on. He's just going to sit there it, and say, I is- want dead mouse. <laughs> you know, that'd be about <laughs> it. I wonder what happens if to snake a snake. snake is smart enough to Harry know where says, his own you know, home is. I really want to talk to you about the horror. And he's doing it in parcel tongue, which is why I'm making that voice. I want to talk to you about the horcrux. <laughs> I thought it was just because you're a And he looks at him like, I want dead rat. You know, yeah. so that's it right there. Oh, come on. Harry talks to a snake in book one, and the snake understands when he's asking about where it came from. Right. From Burma. No, no it didn't come from Burma. It came son. from Brazil. 
Brazil and Burma. It's the same country. <laughs> Look at my sign. Here it is. This is where I'm mm-hmm. from. I'm going to leave the cage. I'm going to say thank Thanks. you because I'm a nice snake. Snakes know what's going on. Oh. More than just I want dead rat. <laughs> Live rat. <laughs> Live rat. <laughs> well, what do you think happens to a snake when it's possessed by, you know, crazy wizard? Like, does he leave any kind of trace of himself in there or does it change mm. the little snake? Head, little head flopping away on the back of the snake. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh. <laughs> moldy, well, moldy. But, but Voldemort has so much. I mean, he is like a mutant blob thing. So, I, you well, know, I don't. I don't know if it, I mean, he if he's got you. Know, we're talking about Mister Blood. What if Voldemort's got <laughs> yeah. flowing through him? Would be yeah. snake venom. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it seems like oh. the Nagini and and Voldemort are so tied up in each other. Like mm-hmm. he, you know, was ingesting right. snake venom to stay alive, and then Nagini has oh. been, you know, possessed on numerous occasions by Voldemort, and they hang out together and. It's like, like the closest thing friend. he has to like a pet or to a companion, you know. That, Do you think it hurts Nagini to have Voldemort inside of it as much as it hurt Harry? Uh, Harry was about ready to die for yeah, that sake. Yeah, he was like, true. oh, get out of me. You piece I don't of think pet. it was just, I mean, Voldemort was not just possessing him. He was trying to hurt him while he was in there, right? Right. Yeah, Because yeah. it didn't hurt Quirrell unless he wanted to cause him pain. Oh, that's right. right. That's right. Although that was a different sort of possession in a way. It was. It was. I was just thinking that yeah. too when I was talking about the little head flopping on the back of the snake. Right. right? <laughs> you know, there's, yeah, we've seen we've seen two kinds of possession because, you know, the the, the Quirrell one is just sort of, mm-hmm. or was that just dramatic effect? Well, well that, and he wasn't really a yeah. full wizard at that time. He was just kind it's of like, like he was living there. Blob. Okay, he, that's true. Yeah, he was. Ha- so I wonder what happens to. Well, and he said that back when he was when he was living in the forests of Albania, he would inhabit you know the yeah rats bodies of small creatures. So sure, that's true. Good point. It's just I guess it's different when it's like you. Well, what we don't exactly know. Um, when Dumbledore wrapped him up in his you know little water shell thingy, (laughs) if Voldemort disappeared and then possessed harry mm-hmm. or what if the exact same thing happened like in godric's hollow where dumbledore essentially dies and his essence is Voldemort. floating around and p- possesses harry i say yeah. dumbledore died i meant voldemort because dumbledore voldemort dies die his, his little essence <laughs> floats around and possesses harry and then they probably what if they had to use a horcrux again to revive himself after the ministry battle. Maybe. Because uh, I personally think that he had to use the Horcrux after God like they had to, to brew up back. a Voldemort potion again? Or... Yeah. You're saying... You, you, say that again. What did you say about Godric's Hollow? I think he died in Godric's Hollow as much as you can die when you have Horcruxes yeah, out there. he was bound, like his spirit or whatever was... So, are you or, saying that he used up one of his horcruxes got it but back. they don't get I used am, up uh, well that's what i was wondering i, yeah. <laughs> I think they did but but that's an interesting theory i mean can, yeah, do you yeah. only if you have seven horcruxes does that means you get seven chances and each time you're going to go find a horcrux and kind of got to recharge well, and, each time each time you you have seven so you can eventually have like you know seven or six backup you know lives but i don't think they like go if you would if you would die with one of those souls inside of you 
Uh, that thing is toast, just like yeah. one person's soul would be toast from an Avada Kedavra mm. thingy-majigger. I thought it had more to do or with dementor tying the soul to to earth, and then you just, you know, you kind of have to find a body again. <laughs> I, 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 did, uh, I never got I'm, the impression that, like, yeah. you know, it's sort of like having, like, lives in Super Mario <laughs> Brothers where, yeah, exactly. you know, if you die, like, more than goes away. I don't think it's quite like green mushrooms. One up. There goes another Horcrux. (laughs) (laughs) Because you got to figure Voldemort, his plan was to, you know, live, if not forever, a super long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He wasn't, he didn't split it into seven pieces because, oh, it'll make it that much harder for the person coming to destroy me. You figure, oh, you know, I'll die, Hmm. you know, from however I'm going to die. And then I go back and use the next one. And then I live a life with that one and I die and I get the other one and live a life that way. Well, I guess that's probably something we could debate for <laughs> hours. I still I still have not resolved, though, if Nagini is actually a Horcrux. Yeah. I, still I don't like the idea. The only thing that even makes it, me believe it for a second is that Dumbledore seems to think it. And he's not always right, but, you know. Yeah, he is. But it, yeah, but but he also Dumbledore says Dumbledore seems to think it's a Horcrux, or thinks that it's important. No, he, that oh. it's possible. He thought Things, it was possible, right. but but he didn't didn't think it's always well, wise yeah. though to put something cause into a living right. creature or something like that. But it was like right. his best guess, apparently, unless he didn't want to tell Harry what his best guess was. Right. Well, that it, it's him. What if what what is this possibility? Is it possible that maybe the Arab Slytherin has? control over snakes in a way like a master slave relationship mm-hmm. and that Nagini is being forced to serve Voldemort maybe against its will maybe mm-hmm. and that Harry could take advantage of that and maybe release the Nagini slave similar to the way he released the Dobby right see that's from the Malfoy I, I, was, I thought you know when I started thinking about this that Nagini could have been controlled by Voldemort Give as Nagini opposed to just talking coat. but I don't know, John. That, that's 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 interesting. I don't... Uh, that'd be kind of cool if you know we had Nagini fighting on Harry's side towards mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. There. I wonder. I mean, yeah, because I don't know. the The basilisk would obey um, Riddle, but not Harry, because it knew that. You know, I don't know if was it because he was the heir of Slytherin, or you know, because he yeah. could compel him in some way, or just because the basilisk was like raised to, you know, obey this oh. guy. I think it'd be really cool if it, if it was, you know, some sort of enslavement mm-hmm. because he was the heir of Slytherin. Like, if Harry gives him his other sock, yeah. then <laughs> the snake can come and help fight with Harry. I think that'd be cool. Hmm. Can you imagine the snake wearing the little sock at the end of its tail? <laughs> Give him Hagrid, Hagrid's sock. <laughs> John. Keep him a little warmer. John. <laughs> oh, the, the very tail. <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking about um, the scene in... In Order of the Phoenix, when right after Harry sort of has the vision or the dream or whatever, sees himself as Nagini striking Arthur Weasley mm-hmm. in the corridor. And then, like, Dumbledore does something with his weird little spinny things in his office and some smoke sure. comes out and he sees, like, a snake. Yes. And then he sees it turn That's into huge. two snakes. And right. I could never figure out, like, if that and was supposed to have something to do with that book or if that was, like a clue to like something further down the road you know that seemed to mean something to him and i'm sure joe put it there for a reason like it wasn't just made up but what is it (laughs) that's that's hugely important that means that they are the same being but in essence divided Uh 
Uh-huh. And if one half of that being is gone, the other one's toast too. Oh, uh, so it's Mr. Blood. Or well, not but, necessarily Mr. Blood, but no, no I think, of, I think so it was it, about a choice. That though, if one right? dies, they're both dead. Has to do with Harry and Voldemort being the yeah, two snakes. I think it's, it's, it's either that, or it's like they have to cut off this other mm-hmm. piece of themselves to really live a life, which is, I guess, the prophecy. Right, so. right. And but I think it's too about the choices too. I mean that that Harry is not going to you know can be separated from from Voldemort, even though this that scar. As a physical reminder yeah. that that he's not. I still think that theme of your choices is going to have to play with it in this yeah. last book yeah. too, for, mm-hmm. for big time. I mean, I, that's that scar. I tell you, that's why Dumbledore didn't want to remove it, right. even if he could. He's a wise man. That's how Harry's going to kill him is through that darn link. Oh, but it's the Snape snake cast. Yes, okay. yes, it is. <laughs> we yeah. should we should wrap it right. up. Okay, let's do some final thoughts on okay. the snakes. Right. All right. We don't have uh, any. <laughs> yeah. I'll start with I'll start with my reiterating my fun crazy okay. ones that um, uh, Nagini is with Voldemort against its will because Voldemort is the Arab Slytherin and controls all the snakes, and Harry is going to come figure out a way to rescue Nagini, and Nagini is going to ride along with Harry and. So you think Nagini is going to fight in the final, the final battle? Huh? Yes, the battle is going to look just like. You know the battle in in Chronicles of Narnia when they're all coming in <laughs> clashing, yeah, like that. Right. Everybody is all lined up. Oh, I still, I, I really think there's going to be something like that. I've said that before. Yeah. I really see some big yeah. confrontation. I hope to God, but I Grob don't comes, think so. you know, stumbling out of the. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. No. yeah, and fights off like twenty <laughs> other giants. Yeah. yeah, it'll be right in the right in the Hogwarts grounds. They're all going to come out of the forest and be like, "Oh, there's the giants. Who are they going to fight for?" And then they do it. Oh, there's the trolls. Up uh, there are the pigs, or whoever <laughs> else is going to come out of there. Pigs. Flying pigs, Weasley's flying pigs. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, who's next? Boy, uh, go ahead, Jason. All right. Well, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I, uh, I, <laughs> I still. I mean, I think there must be some practical aspects to this, but I'm just. I think there's a lot to do with like more of the symbolic aspect of it. I think the snakes are all tied up in in Slytherin and who you know, as the supposed heir of Slytherin, who Voldemort is, and that Slytherin is, like, due to undergo some big change, and that there's some symbolism with, you know, this kind of snake uh, rebirth and, you know, kind of new life aspect that, you know, Voldemort's kind of the old way, and somehow uh, Slytherin, I don't know, you know, I don't even know what it means, but I just think that there's, that it has a lot more to do with symbolism Maybe then okay. with uh, something practical. Well, see, and I and I've I, there are times when I when I get into this mode where I just think it's all a lot simpler than we make it. I, <laughs> Maybe you know, and uh, and and yeah. so I look at that. I think you know what was she thinking about back then? Well, I, I'm sure she, I, she, I, we know she didn't have the word Horcrux at that time, but we know oh. that she was working toward the idea of having pieces of souls and things like this. And I think that she was thinking at that time one of the pieces of the souls is going to be in the snake you know mm-hmm. and i just that's I, th- I think that's what she's referring to when she refers to snake lore now i think uh, you know i think it's just really foolish of voldemort to do that but there are a lot of things yeah. voldemort does which i think are really foolish so uh you know yeah. i mean the best villain in the whole books is snape so 
Yeah, well, he does a lot of things out of pride, and he maybe just thought, how cool would it be if it was in this cool-looking snake? Yeah, so I guess that's where I'm at. I, I really kind of, kind of think it's not going to be so complicated and convoluted yeah. and everything like that. It's going to be more just a matter of, well, she's talking about Nagini or being a, a Horcrux. And then, of course, how, how Harry's going to get that Horcrux and destroy it, I guess, is going to have to kill Nagini. So there you go. You're, th- you're saying it's convoluted for Harry to free uh, the snake from its, <laughs> its enslavement with the air of the Slytherin. And no, no, I'm not. I, John, no, no, I'm not saying that that's oh. convoluted and complicated at all, of course. <laughs> oh. um, you know, but but I'm just saying an alternative non-convoluted <laughs> and complicated theory would be mine, which is oh. that there's going to be this Horcrux thing, you know. So your brain runs circles around my little one, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm afraid. <laughs> well, you know, I do That's run sad. the lexicon after all. Oh, well, someone's got to do it. I don't actually do anything. Go ahead, Sue. Um, my theory, it might, my thinking is that it has to do with the past because Harry has to go, I think, to the past in order to defeat Voldemort and finding Ooh. those Horcruxes. And I think it has to do with Slytherin himself and Harry's ability to speak parcel tongue. Mm. Will help somewhere in the. Did you? Are you saying he goes all the way back to the? Yeah. Did you? Are you saying he's going to go back in time? That would be hardcore. That would be really cool. I I think that there's a reason that Joe keeps bringing those guys, and suddenly that that those four guys. Harry's going to go back and talk to Slytherin. He's going to be like, you know, I didn't want all this. I'm not a bad guy. My snake wasn't supposed to kill Muggles. That would fix so many things. That would be like so Salazar could train yes, Harry but, 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 how to fight. Wait, wait, wait. Time travel <laughs> is a very dangerous thing. <laughs> Time travel, you know, you, it, what you if you do stuff to. like, you know, like throw rocks and hit people in the head, which you should never do if you're time traveling. Oh, <laughs> that's one of the true. rules of time. Tra- oh, Sue, I just like, you're, you mentioned she's going to go back to the past and like all of us are, whoa, uh, what a great idea. Joe, you listening? Know, Harry's gonna go. How about you have him go back in time? And he could go That'd back and like, like, well, of course, if he could go back in time, why doesn't he just go back and kill Voldemort, you know? I just... Ooh, well, no, he'll he'll run to Flourish from Blatz and grab the book on Quidditch um, scores yeah. in the past 50 years. <laughs> and then he'll come and back and be a good hit him over the Hit him over the head with it. Now, that's See, good. Just I, just, I just think that there's too much about Skokos. I'm not even... Oh, man. Can we go? I just... I can't even... Oh, really? This is... Thirty thirty minutes is too much for Steve. It's, yeah, oh, for me. Yeah. Steve, all right. not Steve. Uh, all right. Oh, okay, right. Steve. Sorry, sorry. I thought you meant yeah. me. Wow. Well, thanks for listening to us. Listening to us ramble on about snakes. Snapes. Next week we'll have another fun topic for you for canon conundrums. Yeah, and, and, and between now and then, please dig into your old VC, you know, VHS tapes and find those odd interviews that have yeah, been really missing for nice. years. So we've got more things yeah. to talk about. Yes, yes, Absolutely. Actually, um, oh dear. <laughs> let's um. Speaking of that, what do you want us to talk about? We've gotten about down to. Hitting most of these canon conundrums. Leave us some comments in the usual yeah. ways, mm-hmm. like you usually do. And help us out. Now, let's hear what you want to hear about discussed on canon conundrums 65 and beyond. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Yay! That'd, that'd be, be good. really cool. All right, gang, let's push on out of here. All right. Great. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Time to put on our extendable ears. Listen in on Potter Talk from the people making the magic. Our new celebrity.
Hi there, podcast listeners. This is Donna Hosey, and this week's Extendable Ears interview is brought to you from the EA Games headquarters in England. I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Birch and Justin Manning. Hi, both of you. Hi. Who Hi. are both uh, producers of the Order of the Phoenix computer game, which will be released to coincide with the film release next July. Now, as some of you will be aware, we at Leaky are involved in a fans council, which has been set up by EA and Warner Brothers. And since August, we've been taking your questions, queries and suggestions for the Order of the Phoenix game. I now have a ridiculously long list, which has been compiled with the help of many of you listening. And so today, EA have invited me back and I will attempt to grill them mercilessly about what we can expect in the Order of the Phoenix game. First of all, Justin... Uh, could you just explain briefly what was the idea behind the fans council and getting fan sites like the Leaky Cauldron involved in this? Because this isn't something that's been done before, is it? No, um, Matt and I actually joined um, the Harry Potter franchise last year, uh, probably about midway through Goblet of Fire, and we sort of we inherited, you know, a lot of the wisdom about what it was about and what people were expecting from the game and the movies. And we had lots of research from the kids that were playing the game and all this feedback. And just because we were midway through the project, we kind of, we finished Goblet of Fire. And I think at the end of it, we kind of did a lot of soul searching because we kind of thought, was this the right product to be making? Um, was it what we wanted as sort of fans of Harry Potter to be going in the game? And it really struck us that, you know, the very people that we should be talking to to get some of this feedback is is the fans. Mm. And, you know, the best way of doing that is coming to you guys as the fan sites and talking directly to people who love the fiction. Um, they're, they're the best indicator of what should be going in this game. They're the people that should be telling us what's important to them. Um, and so that was really the idea, is to sort of start speaking to people, giving regular updates on what we're doing in the game and kind of getting people to feed back to us and saying, is that the right thing to be doing? You know, when people talk about magic and we say, oh, it's about stuff happening in the environment, is that the right thing? Or spells is the big thing about magic, is that the right thing? And because these are the sorts of questions we've had. So that was really kind of the, the thrust as to why we did it. And I think what we want to do is just keep that regular update of information going out to the fans so that they can feed back and say if this is the right stuff to be doing. And it's also about giving you guys some exclusives so you kind of feel a bit of the love from the, the Harry Yay. Potter team. So you can get some stuff that we're doing sort of before anybody else. And I think that's really important. You know, it's, it's, you guys are important to us. You're the people who are playing this. We want to make you happy. Yeah, and we want to m make sure that we're making the best product we can. So that's kind of really what it's all about. Mm, I have to say the um, the fan response to this has been overwhelming. I mean, I, the Leaky Cauldron is a, a big website, as you know, um, and I knew that the response to this would be good, but just how phenomenal. I mean, I've sent you links to the threads we've got on our, our forum. And I, I um, crunched up some numbers this morning, actually, and um, we're now on our third kind of thread chatting about this. And um, altogether, we've had over 34,000 views right. of everything that's been done. And we're absolutely grateful for it. I mean, yeah, as Matt will contest, you know, it, it's really sort of helping us shape what goes into the mm. game. It's really helping us sort of know whether the stuff we're doing is right um, and any other things that we may be missing. And you are reading this, aren't you, on, right. the, on the forums and... Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is just phenomenal material that, that, that everybody's investing in the game. And, you know, it, it's really important that everybody understands we are looking at that <laughs> and, and we are taking into account the, the views that are being expressed there. Because, you know, it, it is really important. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of, of the fiction. I, I love Harry Potter as well. But, you know, I'm just one fan. And, and you know, the, the, there's millions of, of, <laughs> of us out there. So, you know, it's really good to get everybody uh, having their ideas and, and being able to, to digest that uh, on the forums and make decisions while we're while we're putting the game together, mm. um, which uh, uh, we know people are going to appreciate. <laughs> 
Okay, first question then, and this is the one, the biggie that everybody wants to know about, and that's flying. Um, will the gamer have at least a tiny opportunity to fly on something, be it a broomstick, a thestral, or or something else they can grab hold of? I think we'd, we'd really love to do it. I mean, we, we did flying last year, and it was one of the most uh, well-received bits, the dragon flying level in Goblet of Fire. But I get, what I would say is this year we're really trying to bring the Hogwarts experience alive. It's the centre of the fiction for everybody. You know, it's the, the biggest piece of feedback we get. It's about magic and Hogwarts and the characters within that and having that kind of immersive fan experience, being able to wander the corridors. And that for us is a, just an absolutely enormous amount of work. We've got about 120 characters on our list that we're trying to build. There's at least 70 plus rooms in Hogwarts that we're trying to build. There's the grounds, the Herbology greenhouses, there's Hagrid's hut. It's just absolutely tons for us to be doing. And yet we have to tell the story. Yeah. So we have to include Grimmel Place, we have to include the little whinging and the Ministry of Magic. These are all the kind of areas we're completely concentrating on and without which we wouldn't be doing the fiction, uh, the Harry Potter experience and Order of the Phoenix any justice. So I think flying is on our list. It's just slightly lower than those things. Right. So it may be in there, it may not, but it's not through lack of intent or wanting oh, it. It's just... Not. I mean, I think if, if, if Matt got his coding fingers on, I'm sure at four in the morning some night he'd probably go away and do it. Uh, absolutely. I have every intention of trying. <laughs> We've actually, we have got, because um, we again, we, we read a lot of the stuff um, from the fan sites, we have actually got some designs, like paper designs um, for a lot of those, but it is really about where we're investing. Mm. Um, so it, it really is, if we get the opportunities, then we can try and dive in and get it done but yeah. um, it, we've got to focus on the bits that are really going to give that Hogwarts experience that it's that a real balance craving. yeah because we want to do you know every member of the DA we want to yeah we want to represent that fictionally true we we want magic in every room in Hogwarts and you know like I say it's just a huge amount of work and it's kind of a balance so I mean if, if everybody on your fan site turned around and said you know I just don't care about magic in Hogwarts we want <laughs> flying instead you know what we might change tact <laughs> But hopefully, I think we're on the right track with Hogwarts this year. Yeah, the, the idea of the open Hogwarts is still the number one thing. That's isn't it? the number one. I mean, I have to say that more than anything else, they want flying. So, on behalf of the fans, because they'll flame me alive if I don't if I don't say this. Um, with regard to the actual technical side of the game, um, the fans want shorter loading times because um, that, especially when you're playing on a PC, that can get pretty frustrating when you just kind of little picture of harry and it says loading screen and you want to you want to get onto the next stage so is that going to be possible so what we're actually planning this year is to have no loading visible at all to the player that's the real aim for us it's a real technical challenge and we've really focused the team around solving that challenge so the idea really is from the point you put the disc in to the point you finish the game you shouldn't have ever seen a load and that's no. on all versions of the game that's on all console and console. pc versions of the game now that's the plan and that's what we're working towards. So it's it's definitely something we want to keep you in the story. You know, when you go from Little Whinging to Grimmel Place, we don't want you to come back out to a menu and yeah. then wait for a load and then go back in. What we want is the story to cover that kind of loading make, time. Make it much more fluent and, and Yeah, so from the minute you put it in through the front end, that's part of the, the experience. We want that to be part of the fiction as much as anything else. We want to go straight into how the movie begins and then that leads you into your first level story will take you from one location mm -hmm. to another. It's not levels anymore, it's locations, locations you know, yeah. to explore. 
So that's the way we would, that's the way we're planning to do it. So it's a seamless experience, a fictional experience that you're part of and you never leave from start to finish. That sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, okay. Owl exams, Matt. Can they take owl exams? And if they can, what will that entail? Well, uh, we're certainly looking at owls and, and the impact that they're having on the students. Um, but because you're playing as part of the whole thread, you know, obviously just waiting, I, I don't know about you guys, but you know, waiting till the very last moment to do my owls, you know, I'm playing for 15 <laughs> hours and then, oh, I get to do an exam, which I haven't had time to revise for. Oh, that, that's not, not, not going to be uh, uh, as, as great as it could be. So what we want to do is actually bring the classes um, into the game experience um, so that you've got the opportunity to go uh, and do some of the classes in, in Hogwarts. Uh, we've focused on a few specifically to begin with and hoping to, to grow that as, as we get more uh, confident with our development schedule. And when you've finished your owl, do you get your mark? Like Jo does on her website now, you, you get a little printed certificate. <laughs> we, we're certainly, um, while you're doing the classes, you will get rated um, as if it were your owls. Um, oh, right, okay. Uh, so you, you're kind of doing your mocks, or, <laughs> uh, so you can get better and better and better. Um, oh, so you can throughout the game, you can go, you can go back playing, and you can yeah. keep retaking until you get outstanding in absolutely everything. With it, with it being an open world game, you know, you've got to kind of almost divorce yourself from the ones we've, we've done before. You know, the castle is open. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, you can go in and out the classes when you want. You can take missions from different people when you want. So, you know... That's the way it's kind of going to work. It's more, it is properly open. Right. It's not just like kind of in, I guess, in Chamber of Secrets and Philosopher's Stone, it was open, but you could go to one person and then that would launch their classroom, yes. which would then be done. And then you would go on to, yeah. the, with this, it's kind of once you've unlocked a classroom, that, that classroom is unlocked. Once you've unlocked a location, you can keep coming back to it. We're really trying to get all of this stuff in there so that you can actually have the fiction. Um, it also gives you a quest that sets you out to go and explore Hogwarts. If we kind of explore a bit more the, the whole idea of this, the whole it's um, Hogwarts Endless Day, isn't it? Um, exploring Hogwarts because this this is one thing that really came back out in the forums was give us back our Hogwarts. And I know you've already gone into detail about it, just how much detail we're going to get now with Hogwarts. You can just expand on that. Just what are we getting with the Hogwarts Endless Day? We read we read through I and mean, we read through the fiction and, and and we've really pulled out a lot of these details and and really. You know, if there's if there's a cool bit in the fiction, we've tried very hard to find a way of getting it into the game. Uh, the endless day is very much uh, once I've completed the story part of the Order of the Phoenix, all of Hogwarts is still available. Right. Um, so it's, I mean, for me, I think the amount of stuff that we're putting in Hogwarts, you can spend. I mean, if you want to, you don't have to go off and try and uh, deal with uh, the DA and so on. You could actually spend the time messing around in Hogwarts, but. There's so much that you... So Hogwarts is going to be open for the entire game and then you can exp you don't just have to follow the story thread itself. No, you can go off and off uh, on a tangent absolutely. and do what you want. And then at the end, when the actual game is finished, you can then still Continue go back and that. carry on and yeah. the, the spend as long as you us, want in, in Hogwarts. Absolutely. The, the biggest thing for us, really, as I kind of said earlier on, is Hogwarts and magic are the two biggest areas of feedback we've had from our research year on year. And that kind of... We've really sort of thought, okay, Hogwarts, everybody wants to be part of Hogwarts. They want to go to the classes. They want to see the, the, the people that they're seeing in the books and in the films. Um, but they also want the authenticity of the actions that you do. So, you know, there's no point fighting dog bogs, much as they're part of J.K. Rowling's world. 
you know, they want to do what's in Order of the Phoenix, which is obviously things like the Ministry of Magic mm. or training at the DA and the Rumour Requirement. So we're making all, all of the stuff in Hogwarts that you see in the books and the films. I mean, that's really what we're about. And, and that, for us, the magic is about, you know, what you see in the, the Leaky Cauldron itself, you know, with the, the chair stacking themselves, you know, and brushes sweeping up or in, or in the burrow where dishes wash themselves. You know, it's, it's that kind of magic. That's Harry Potter magic. It's not big special effects. And so we've, we've littered Hogwarts with all these enchanted items that you have to go and discover. That, for us, that's what we feel Hogwarts is about. It's about magical things happening in the world. And so you just go through Hogwarts at your leisure, you can leave the narrative to one side if you want, and you can just explore every room in Hogwarts. And how much of Hogwarts and the grounds can you explore? I mean, have you literally got all, is it seven floors of Hogwarts? It's, and towers and dormitories and grounds and the Whomping Willow and Hagrid's Hut and the forest? I mean, what can you see? Can you, can you do all of that? We absolutely have Hagrid's Hut. We have the Hippology Greenhouses. Inside we- Hagrid's Hut and inside the greenhouses. Well, H- Hagrid's not there. Um <gasps> For, for the beginning of oh, the right, book yeah. so you, you certainly can't get in the, uh, in the early stages of the game um, whether you can at the end is D- stop man <laughs> I'm not allowed to say <laughs> <laughs> I mean we, for Hogwarts we really have tried to get you know the, the, the open experience and we've looked at the movies and we've pulled out all the locations there because they're repeated continuously they're big th- running themes in the book so we've got all the key locations have been taken out of the fiction, taken out of the movie, recreated in the game, and we've connected almost all of those um, using scenes and sets from the movie and it's again been, from it's the been fiction. An absolutely enormous process because um, people are starting to see the, the movie Hogwarts more and more, and so for them that's what Hogwarts yes. is, right? They, they kind of have, have gone through every movie and gone, okay, that room goes to that room, and then they've double-checked it with the fiction, and we ended up with this board with post-its on where we moved the <laughs> rooms around until they all kind of roughly fit together. So we actually made a, a map of Hogwarts, and we kind of went onto the set. Um, they've got a, a miniature, I say it's a miniature, it's about 20 foot high, of Hogwarts, and we met the, uh, the Hogwarts castle expert on the film set, and literally just anything we can do to make that Hogwarts that you've seen, all the locations you see repeatedly throughout you know the great hall the courtyards this of which there are four courtyards well, yeah i mean we, we have gone all out for picking out the details i mean one of the things that just went in very recently which i'm i'm so happy is is in there um i get happy about the little things <laughs> um but in the entrance hall um if you watch chamber of secrets uh when crab and goyle have their their cakes yeah. and and, and uh, fall asleep um Harry and Ron drag them into a broom cupboard that's off the entrance hall. We've got that broom cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's just a small thing, but it's really nice. You know, it really feels like when I'm watching the movies now, for me, uh, when I'm watching the movies and I go, go in in the morning and I have a go on the game, and it's like, oh, yeah, look, there's the entrance hall. Oh, oh right, there's the cupboard where uh, Rita Skeeter goes and interviews Harry. Yeah, all of that, all of those little details, we're, we're trying to, uh, as hard as we can, to get them in the game. So. And just to confirm, all of this is authenticated by Joe herself, is, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Everything we do. Yeah. Everything we do. I mean, we, we literally write all the scripts, um, all the concepts, and we send them off to her, and she they go through the, the, the various agencies, Warner Brothers, um, Christopher Little Agency, and then Joe herself yeah. reviews them and feeds back on them. So uh, she corrects anything that she thinks we're, we're doing, which is uh, you know out of character or, or, or uh, um, not not what she would 
want from the universe. Yeah. What I'd say this year is actually we've been probably stricter than anybody else because, you know, Matt and myself, when we were talking about the project to begin with, we, we wanted to get this real authentic Hogwarts to the fiction. and It has film. to be her Hogwarts, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, and we, we, you know, really has been this mantra of fiction first and just nothing second, you know, film and fiction. And if we can't find it in there, there's got to be a really damn good reason why we're putting it in there. So it's, it's you know, it's the, the fiction that you all know and love. There's nothing extra. Mm. I, t- I tell you how, how much we've gone for that. I mean, we had uh, uh, the very, very first pass of the concepts before we'd, we'd got the, the fan sites involved. And uh, um, we, we sent those off and those came back you know, with preliminary approvals. But we looked at the fiction again and we started to get some of the feedback and we, we went and redesigned some of the missions because they weren't fiction enough. <laughs> um, so, you know, we replaced some of the missions that we'd had approved to get them even closer to, to the, the world that everybody loves mm. so uh, you know we're, we're, we're beating ourselves as well to, to make sure this is we're definitely as, our as worst critics this year but that's good because it's one thing that um, really came across to me when I came back here uh, when I originally came here in August it's just that your fans you're not you know people just sitting in the corner of thinking oh harry potter we can make a load of money out of this it's this game is truly being made by fans of the book and um and i think you know for me that was the uh, most kind of heartwarming thing of, of all really because you know you're going to put love into it attention to detail uh, and it's like you say it's the little things the little magical things that make it magical for want of a better word is, I, mean, I, I love working on harry potter every day i mean it, it is like you know a dream job i mean you know I, I spend time looking at the fiction reading the fiction over and over again and i come watching the films watching the films reasonably <laughs> how many times have you seen the films man i really can't count uh, i've bought them four times each matt's visited all the locations as well haven't you I, I have oh my god I, I i should tell you about some of that I, go on, when, go when, on go when on. i first went to the the the, the, the movie set i mean Obviously, I'm going as, as as a member of EA. I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, <laughs> the consummate professional. But honestly, I, I got the opportunity to go and uh, see Umbridge's office, and we had to walk through the Dada classroom, and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> you know, I, I was really professional. And then, just when everybody had sort of walked to the edge of the room, I I, I had to stop and shout "Expecto Patronum" <laughs> and wave my hand around, uh, at which point everybody else looked slightly embarrassed. But you know. It, it, how many times are we going to get to do that? Well, it's, it's what all of us would do if we walked into it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, where else can you go to work and, you know, you have a meeting where you, you end up arguing about, uh, you know, what exactly was Susan Bones' motivation uh, <laughs> for, for uh, joining the DA? Uh, you know, because obviously we're doing that to try and work out what what we should do as Susan Bones' uh, uh, reason uh, for you to go and, uh, and recruit her as mm. a member of the DA but um, you know it, it's great to go in there and you have all these passionate people mm. arguing about it and you know he, he, uh, this, uh, I swear sometimes you think there's going to be a fight breaking out over, <laughs> over the strangest details look where is Dobby where is uh, Creature you know we've got to you know all of the details like that we just end up having having these wonderful arguments about it's, it's great great fun and debates about whether it's fictional we just couldn't do this job if we didn't love it yeah. do you know what I mean it, it just wouldn't work you, it, the, the, the amount of time in, and effort that goes into you. making a game I, I don't think people understand quite how many people are involved how much it takes to motivate a team the size we have mm. you know if people weren't motivated by their love for the game you know, we, it just wouldn't go and there's a big team working on this isn't there when I came last I think it's, it was 85 people, it's, it's it? ever growing actually we've taken on much more people recently as well so it's probably closer to 90 people now I suspect yeah. 
But yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's so many of us that just kind of just want to make the best Harry Potter experience they can. And that's why we've gone back to this Hogwarts idea and this authentic idea. And the fact that the guys have just built Hogwarts from the blueprints, we've scanned all the kind of uh, the actors and actresses, we're trying to get as many of the actors' voices in the game as possible. Mm. It's just anything we can do to bring that closer to what you've seen in the films and what you're seeing in the fiction. That, that's really what we're all about this year. Moving on from the exploring Hogwarts, um, one thing the gamers are really, really interested in is because Order of the Phoenix introduces us to so many new areas and locations, will they also be able to explore Rimmel Place, the Ministry of Magic, Little Whinging, you know, the, these other new exciting areas, obviously not in the detail that we're going to get Hogwarts. Well, I think, uh, you know, we're definitely going to include those locations and uh uh, certainly for Grimmel Place, I mean, we read some of the fan feedback and we had initially a couple of missions when you returned at Christmas uh, in Grimmel Place. Uh, but we, we sort of reevaluated that and turned <laughs> it into the go and explore Grimmel Place level. <laughs> um, so uh, th- there's a lot of things for you to go and find in there. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about some of the contents of Grimmel Place. Yes. And we, we've tried to uh, uh, write some of that into the script. So Is there going to be like be a big to... locket kind of hanging around somewhere? <laughs> I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> You'll just have to uh, go and have a, an explore of Grimmauld Place oh, and so find out. Oh, so we really need to explore Grimmauld Place. Okay. If, if, <laughs> if, uh, I think there's going to be some things in there that the fans are going to be able to really appreciate. Excellent. There's definitely a couple of visits to Grimmauld Place, isn't there, in the game? Oh, absolutely. It's one of the first places you, you'll obviously come across, and it's where you kind of meet up with Sirius for the first time. Yeah. And that's just where you learn some of your initial spells and hook up with Bon and Hermione before you go to Hogwarts. And then, of course, we return, as Matt says, at Christmas, where there's some more things to be added. So talking about spells, then, um, they're really keen to learn new spells, actually. Um, what spells are we going to have in this game? Are we going to have any new ones? We're looking at around 10 to 14 spells right. in that kind of area. Um, there's some spells which are very, very familiar, um, and one or two that are, that are new. Uh, we have very much focused on what is in the book first, because you know, again, some of the stuff we got from from the fan sites were that you know that, that us making stuff up is not not what you yeah. guys appreciate. You know, having the stuff from the, the the book and and being able to see some of those effects and be able to hold that magic in your hand, as it were, uh, is really important. So we've focused on those as the primary spells and only expanded that that spell set where it's absolutely necessary. Um, but J.K. Rowling has approved all of the spells that we're putting in the game. Can you? Are you allowed to say any new spells? So I mean, we've got. In? Well, what I'll say is it kind of divides down two ways. We've got um, spells which allow you to explore and discover things in the environment. So we talked about it earlier on, where each room has got magical discovery uh, in it. And so there's the kind of what we call our environmental spells, if you like, which allow you to kind of you know, like we've got Wingardium Leviosa. We've had that in various you know games before. So something like that is an environmental spell. Right. But we also have because there's a lot more, whether you want to call it dueling or, or combat, there's a lot more of that in obviously the Ministry of Magic, and um, we want to bring that through with the Inquisitorial Squad and some of the other things that happen around Hogwarts. So we've got spells that relate to you know that kind of activity, the kind of combat stroke uh, dueling, if you like. Right. So there's kind of like Matt says, there's 10 to 14 spells, but they split down into two, two groups, really. So I think with the um, the combat spells, they're more likely to be the new ones. And there's a few in the uh, in the environmental spells that are new. Am I allowed to get an exclusive bit? <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs>
Pottercast 65 went by in a blink. It went by in a in blink. A blink. We needed our Sue's. I miss the Sue. Where is the Sue? Sue is out having fun family time with the family. <laughs> the best people to have family time with. No, where obviously. are our families, John? Our families. Well, mine is sitting up in the TV room waiting for me to return. And probably play a board game of sorts. Maybe a little Harry Potter scene. Mine's in Atlantic I don't know. City. I don't know if we have enough time. How are they going to play Harry Potter scene it with you? With me? Oh, they're they're pretty good at scene it themselves, especially the HP scene it. I want to have an HP shot about movies. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because, yeah. you know, I think you're able to read the cliff notes of the Harry Potter books and do well with the Harry Potter scene it game. Hmm. Not that it's not a whole lot of fun, but it's not a whole lot of difficult. No, it is not. I really, I want like a master edition of one of these things. You know? Yeah, that would be that would be fun. Someone should do. I that. I mean, if they were as hard as the wombats, as hard as the wombats, but as cool as the scene it format. Or shout about movies. Or shout about movies. Certainly, so much more fun than seen it. Yeah, well, not that the scene game isn't fun. It's, I mean, obviously, they had to appeal to a huge audience and. The hugest Harry Potter audience isn't always the ones that are, you know, the most knowledgeable. Those people are online, but there's countless more people who would never step online for Harry Potter. So, Who are those people and why? Why do they exist? Yeah. I know. Come on. Come to the site. Come click around. <laughs> It'll be a blast. It's fun. Leakynews.com. Uh, of course, if you're listening to this, then you already have done that. So tell a friend. That's well, your challenge this week. Tell one friend who, who doesn't that. go tell online. Tell someone who's... It's, it's it's always fun to find peop, Harry Potter fans in real life and be like, oh, do you go on any of the fan sites? And find the people that don't. <laughs> and then think, you know, ask them, you know, really figure out how into the books they are. Because there's a lot of people who are really, really into the books. And believe it or not, just haven't bothered to Google Harry Potter and realize that there are so many people online that love it just as much as them or more and that they could be interacting with. Them. You know, I almost dated somebody like that. Really? Yeah, I met him and he was huge Harry Potter fan, so into it, knew so much about it, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah. oh, oh, this is going to be fun because I'm going to say what what websites do you visit? And he's, you know, an adult, so clearly he'll go to he'll go to Lee Cauldron and he'll you know he'll know the site. This would be hilarious. What sites do you go yeah. to visit? Oh, I don't go on the web. <laughs> I, I know. And it was perfect. I was like, ah, oh, that's nice, yeah. you know. <laughs> It's so fun to find those untarnished Harry Potter fans. Not that all of you are tarnished. It's You're just all they're tarnished. very new and innocent. You're like to brown it. silver. No, it's like the words, you know, like flint or, you know, shipping or sparts mean nothing to these people. Well. And it's, it's wonderful. And it's so fun if we could get them to come online, but maybe, maybe they're better well, off. Well, here's not. what you I do I, I have an idea. We have a whole new way. I'm not sure if we told you. We did tell you about this on Pottercast.com, but here is it. here's yeah. another way. There's oh, yeah. a really cool new way to listen to Pottercast. If you have your phone and you're just kind of traveling around and, and you miss your Pottercast, program this number into your phone under mm-hmm. Pottercast uh, Podlines. The number yeah. is 818-688-2780. That's 818-688-2780. You call that number... It will download Pottercast and play it into your phone with no and uh, no other anything, no other software. Your phone doesn't have to be MP3 compatible. All you have to be, to do it's like a phone call with us talking into your ear. But it's not downloading though, is it? It's just like listening to like an answering service though, is it? Yeah, well, it's downloading somewhere. Podlines must download it. Oh well, they have right. it. But so you're like... you're not putting it onto your phone or anything. It's basically just no. listening to it play. Yeah, like you were calling like somebody and they're just talking to Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter podcast. It's a Potter too. hotline. 
what it is. Basically. We should charge only, $4.99 you know, a minute. Only, Nine, nine, yeah, ninety-nine cents a minute. Um, yeah. That's not what. And if you and if you text a certain number to it, they'll send you the Super Mario uh, ringtone. No, don't start or, that. Uh, L- London Bridges. Anyway, eight one eight six eight eight two seven eight zero. Make sure you put that in your phone so that if you're missing us and you're away from your computer, you can just call it and, and nope. hear us. And from the UK, don't forget the plus. Well, I don't know how the hell that works, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just like any other phone number, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. It's just a phone number. It's a US phone number. You know, if you want to listen to podcasts in the most expensive possible way, you can internationally call it. Yeah. I'm sure. Remember that these standard rates do apply, so if you have a cell phone that has unlimited nation calling or unlimited calling... Yeah, wait till your free nighttime minutes. Yeah, totally. Wait for your free nighttime weekend minutes. I love it. I've, I've done it while I'm in the car when I've forgotten my iPod and I want to listen to the show. No, I'll yeah. call in, and it's great because I have a little entry in my in my phone book, and I just I call Pottercast. But don't let oh. you be confused with the Pottercast voicemail. No, that's a whole that's different a whole number. Different you know what number. that number is? Seven zero two four two leaky. That's a good seven zero two four two leaky, and that reminds me that I need to re- renew it before it expires. Yes, we don't want anyone taking and squ- squatting on that number. Yeah, totally. Okay, in the UK, it's two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two two zero seven one nine three two eight seven two, and there's a plus in there somewhere. Good breath. There's got to be a plus on there somewhere. Um, we are going to take a little break from the MySpace stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, we could do we can do this week's shoutouts, but um, we're going to take a little break from the blo- the blog challenge because, to be honest, we owe you guys some prizes and we're a little bit behind. So yes. <laughs> we're going to send those out first and get ourselves yes. set for, yes. the, for the, the Everybody holidays. is getting a whole full page of Chamber of Secrets stickers that we have that are very nice. Okay. Isn't that a good prize? I have no idea what that is. No, like stickers that you were to put like in a little sticker book from Chamber of Secrets. Where did you get? We, very, we don't have those. It's a very good prize. They don't. Okay. Anyway, guys, don't listen to John. Um, I want you know stickers. how we said that we would be online getting phone calls on Thursdays? I, I love that. We keep forgetting, and we apologize. Oh my goodness, oh. it's very hard adding something else to our <laughs> schedule. And every week at like nine o'clock on Thursday, we all like call each other and say, oh, "Was anybody on the line?" <laughs> so- See, I think I think we're doing going, we're going about this the wrong way. I think what we should be doing is because we it's hard enough to get us all together to record the intro, the outro, the conundrums, the mailbags, the other this and that nonsense. But to come on one more time is just like, oh, Dios. Okay, so what if maybe we post it on podcast.com like a half hour, an hour in advance of when we are all set and scheduled to record and just say, hey, if you want to bother us, call and bother us and maybe every no, once in a while think, we'll take an interrupted call. I think I think we have... Oh, I see what you mean. When we're going to record? Yeah, like just like right now. Like we're doing the wrap-up and if we see somebody call in and they're not being too obnoxious, maybe we can click John, them in. do you remember what happened at the last call-in? Yeah, but that was when we had Matt Lewis on. No, but any call, the last call-in that was just us. Oh. It got a little nuts. I guess that did kind of bog us it down. Did, and it was it? really hard to focus. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to try this again this week and see if it works. Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Somebody will be on the line from Pottercast, and we're, we're going to get this down pat. And you call in, yeah. and we will talk, and the best phone call will get played. We promise. We've just been a little bit nuts. Also, remember to get filking because our holiday shows are coming, and that means more holiday songs for everybody, and the bar keeps going higher and higher. So those filks, those filkers are getting even more talented every darn episode. Every time, it's going to be great. 
good stuff. We've also been getting a lot of questions about how to download old episodes. If they're not on the iTunes feed when you subscribe, you have to go to podcast.com and find the episode and download them. Um, yes. Because we we just we just can't keep it on oh, the feed. Oh, iTunes limits it. iTunes will cut you off if you have too big of no, a feed. No, they won't. Yeah, they do. They cut off a certain after a certain count. I'm pretty sure, or a certain kilobyte of the feed. We don't let it go up that high, but yeah, we can't leave a lot of a lot of stuff on there. So whatever episode you want, you get the direct download link should be working from podcast.com, and yeah. you're good. It's all good. Oh, this is the boringest wrap up ever. Oh, it's just a very informational. It wrap is a up very. We had a lot declare. of stuff to talk about this week. We have lots of announcements, announcements, announcements. What a wonderful day to start the day. What? Announcements. John, it What's hasn't it from? been with me for a while. I know it hasn't. You, it's been without me for a while because of being all sick and, and stuff. And then it's been without me for a while for my busyness. Like that one episode that you made it sound like I was so sick, like I was pregnant or something. All secretive. Well, you had mono, and, and I didn't want to tell people without your permission. <laughs> you didn't want to tell people until 10 minutes into the show when Canon Conundrums. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell them now. I didn't. Well. The secret, guys, is that it wasn't 10 minutes later. It's just that we recorded it at a separate time. And at that time, I wasn't feeling so bad about telling people what John was up to. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you know. It's no biggie D. No big D. But you're better now, John? I'm feeling fine, other than my little runny nose from being up where it's cold. But I can't hardly complain because it's been pretty good weather for this time of the year in Ohio right now. It's good stuff. Well, on that note, I think it's time to get out of here because it's it's my night to decorate my my apartment. <gasps> oh, yeah, exciting! Well, fun. I actually, yeah, we decorated today too. Christmas time is well, here. Yep, good old Christmas holiday season, I guess. Then From I'm all of us, all of you, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Maybe. And if you're in the arc, I hope you you know ate some good food on that same day we did, so everybody could have full fun bellies. For all of you returning so, back yeah, to school you. for a few from a few months hiatus, hope you have a good few weeks back. We're so boring. We are hilariously boring. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, seriously, we have to get out of here. Oh, and about time to hope you all enjoyed the yeah. EA interview. Hope you had fun. Thank you, Donna. Student Thank you. Next EA. week we'll have part two. Next week is part two. Next week more canon conundrums and plenty more always surprises from your podcast crew. We've missed it. W three. I confess myself. Disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. 